0: Welcome, everybody, to Podcast Today for July 30th, 2016. If you remember, way back in the day, some 60 episodes ago on Podcast Today, I definitively, definitively ranked every single Pixar film. Except it wasn't every single Pixar film, because at the time I ranked them, I hadn't seen two Pixar films. That was all the way back in episode 43. That was two months ago. Good lord. But yes, I definitively ranked every single Pixar film, except the two Pixar films I hadn't seen. Well, since then... I have watched The Good Dinosaur and I have watched Finding Nemo so I can officially update my Pixar rankings. So first, I will talk a little bit about those two films and then I will give you the now updated definitive, super ultra definitive, it's now more definitive than ever. You say something being more definitive is an oxymoron. Well, you're an oxymoron, ha, <laughs> burn. Anywho, starting with The Good Dinosaur, which I won't talk about as much as I will about Finding Nemo, because if you go and listen to our do episode of The Good Dinosaur in the weekend show, you can hear a little more of my thoughts on that film. I think that's a good film. It's a pretty good film. It has flaws. It's a film that you can look at and say it looks extremely pretty. Elements of its story work really, really well. It has a really good score. There's some cool ideas. I think the, the core idea isn't explored nearly as well enough as you would hope. The idea that the dinosaurs just lived. The meteor missed. which I, I would, That's what I thought the film was going to be about. And thats It's not so much what the film is about. It's actually, thinking about it, it's kind of like Finding Nemo. <laughs> but anyway, it's because that's the problem with The Good Dinosaur. It's kind of like a lot of things. Doesn't do very much by itself. But yeah, it looks nice. It's, there's one really good joke in it, which may not seem like much, but I do think it's a really, really good joke. Um Solid story, solid plot. Characters are okay. You know, it, it's not in the upper echelon of Pixar films. I will tell you exactly where it is in the echelon of Pixar films in a moment. It's, it's, yeah. It's better than Cars 2. That's That's an endorsement. (laughs) Whereas, last night, I was like, I'm going to watch Finding Nemo. Because for some reason, in the, whatever, 13 years since this film has been released, I've never watched it. Why have I never watched it, you ask? I have no idea. I've seen every Pixar film. I love Pixar. I know it's a masterpiece. People talk about it as a masterpiece. Finding Dory's out this year. Never watched it. I don't know why. I'm stupid and I'm dumb because it's a masterpiece. It is a legitimately brilliant, amazing like, out-of-this-world piece of filmmaking. It's so good. Because even at its core, it's a father searching for his son, and his son is lost, and the father is... It's, it's about fatherhood and, and losing children, which which is not something I can particularly relate to. It's something I can kind of have some amount of sympathy for, but not a great deal of empathy for. I don't have children. Though I am a child, so that, 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 that I can relate on that level. I can relate to at least getting lost. And the ideas that, that that would invoke. What What it is... Just as much about is about Marlin, Nemo's dad, and his, his journey through fear. Because this film, in in the canon of all Disney-related films, straight for the juggler at the start, killing off characters just to make you feel something. And they do always make you feel something. God damn it, Pixar, and God damn it, Disney. Killing off parent figures just to get a frickin' cheap heartstring pull to, to inform the characters. Duh. It works, though. It works so well. That's the reason they do it all the time. They know it works. But yeah, the film starts with, with Marilyn and his wife and, and his wife dies and then he's left with one child and then he's super protective of his child and then he has to learn to not be super protective of his child even after he loses his child. So, you know, he was fairly justified in being super protective because his child did get very lost. Though I suppose you could also make the case that his child got very lost because he was super protective. So, you know, that works both ways. But Marilyn as a character is terrified. Because of what happened to him and his wife and his family, he is terrified of the sea. Justifiably. Partly because I can't swim and I'm also terrified of all bodies of water. It's the reason I I, I avoid them. I, I, I keep a one mile radius away from bodies of water. It's very inconvenient. But <laughs> he's terrified of of everything that comes in the sea. Of sharks and, and evil monsters and fish. Fish are scary. I went to an aquarium once and, and they're, they're terrifying. They're all like gelatinous and, and they all have weird flowy bits whether they shouldn't have flowy bits you're like fish fish just calm the hell down stop being weird (laughs) but this film works on on every level because as marlin's arc works nemo's arc works dory's arc works everything every single thing in this film means something when nemo asks his dad how old is a sea turtle that means something when they do the the wacky hawaiian freaking volcano thing that comes back, it means something. Mention a toilet, the toilet means something. You have a bird show up in a window. He's not just there to be a wacky Australian bird character. It means something. When some, a character's catchphrases just keep swimming, that, that plays back in. It all means something. It's either there to inform one of the characters, inform the plot, or tie back in and come full circle later in the film. And for a 100 minute long film, that is a remarkable feat. It's it's warm, it's brilliant, it's really funny, brilliantly voice-acted. Albert Brooks, in this film, as as Marilyn, as Nemo's dad, as the father, desperately searching for his son, brings a sadness and a, a fear and a pathos, but a, nonetheless, a termination, and he brings all that in his voice. It's so good, it's an amazing voice performance. Even Ellen DeGeneres' as Dory, for whom has now a sequel this year, which is out this week, I believe in my part of the world, it was out last month in the US. I'll probably go see it now that I've seen Finding Nemo. I know what Finding Nemo's about. Well, I knew what Finding Nemo was about anyway, but now I've seen Finding Nemo, so I know who these characters are, so I can go see a sequel. Who knows, a sequel might be better. It's apparently not, but it's apparently quite enjoyable nonetheless. Yeah, this film's amazing. It's it's a legit masterpiece. It's It works, everything it does works. And it's just like, why are you so good at films? You're impossibly good at films, Andrew Stanton. So I might have played my hand a tad there by gushing about Finding Nemo for five minutes before then telling you where Finding Nemo ranks on the list. It's not first. I have painstakingly recreated my list because I didn't write it down after I actually did it, so I had to go back and listen to the episode, which you should also do. 43. If you want to hear me talk more about these films, because I'm not going to talk about them again, I'm just going to re-rank them. Number 16, Cars. 15, Brave. 14, Monsters University. Nothing's changed. Change number one, we're introducing... The Good Dinosaur, at 13. So yeah, Good Dinosaur. Toward the end, not the bottom. Three films are the worst than it. But then, 12 is Cars, 11 is The Bug's Life, 10 is Monsters, Inc., 9, Ratatouille, 8, Toy Story 2, 7, Toy Story, 6, The Incredibles, 5 is Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo goes in ahead of The Incredibles, ahead of Toy Story, goes in at 5. It's a great film. If you've never seen Finding Nemo, yeah, watch Finding Nemo. Fair enough, I don't have much authority to say that because I didn't watch it for like 13 years. But still, don't make my mistake. Unless you're over 13 years old where you've already made my mistake, but don't make even worse than my mistake. Do you want to be me? Probably not. And then Unchanged is the top four. Four is up. Three is Toy Story 3. Two is Inside Out. And one is Wall-E. So that is the ultra super-de-duper definitive Pixar rankings. I know, didn't think it'd become more definitive. It just did. You can listen to new episodes of podcast today every single day at soundcloud.com forward slash twskk. You can subscribe on iTunes, search for TWS Network. You can subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Garrett Kidney G-A-R-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. And thanks for listening. Bye-bye.